Welcome to the Take 5 podcast. You give us a few minutes and we provide five tips and critical insights on cybersecurity for today's technology leaders. This series taps into the experience of our Fortinet CISOs on the impact of endpoint security on key industries. I'm your host, Rick Peters, CISO for Operational Technology. And today we're talking with Courtney Radke, CISO for our retail practice. And he's talking about endpoint security in the age of omni-channel. Welcome, Court. Hey, Rick. Thanks for having me. Hey, you know, it's always great chatting about topics that we're passionate about, and this is no exception, so let's get started. You know, the, uh, the perimeter has certainly extended across the infrastructure to any edge device these days, uh, and the shift to the edge has implications for security. Should leaders in retail advance their security strategy to secure the proliferation of edges, devices, and data? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, one of the un unfortunate things about this last year is there was a lot of things competing for news cycle. Um, so it may or, you know, may, to us, may not come as a surprise that there were, there were a record number of breaches and incidents reported in 2020 with over 400 confirmed, uh, confirmed breaches just in retail. So, you know, a top protective measure that was indicated as lacking or, or missing in many of these breaches and incidents was robust uh, boundary or edge protection. Another was network and application visibility. The, the problem we have today is, is where is the edge, right? What defines an edge? As we like to say, it's, it's the user's applications and data, wherever they are, but, but that's still kind of broad and, and that creates a gray area for most. So if we really wanna look at, you know, what security strategies are needed, we, ha we have to look at, re you know, where retailers need to focus on getting better, uh, where, where they're struggling now to, to advance that strategy. And it's really multifaceted. You know, there's gaining visibility across the entire uh, landscape. Easier said than done, but you don't know what you don't know. So that's where you have to start. Reducing complexity throughout the environment. That's a, a byproduct of, of this rapid digital you know, transformation that all industries have been going through. There's a lot more technology, there's a lot more moving pieces of the environment. So reducing that complexity is key. Consolidation of technology functions and then ensuring there's integration and automation. Those must be top priorities when deploying this new network um, and security. And that must be part of the strategy because if you don't, you're just gonna inundate your already strapped teams. What we find, though, is oftentimes retailers equate security to compliance. If I achieve PCI compliance, then I am secure. PCI compliance is a great framework, but it's essentially the table stakes. That is the cost of doing business, and we need to get away from the chasing point in time. Stop chasing compliance and truly work towards a security by design methodology, which, you know, the PCI 4.0 standard that, that's going to be coming out very, very soon, that's going to place that precedence on security as a continuous process. That's a great framework. Again, you need to take steps towards effective cyber maturity and risk management while also moving beyond just, a, you know, ensuring that you're doing what you have to do to avoid fines and regulations. So find a framework and then move beyond that and don't just chase point in time requirements. Well, I really like the fact that you allude to context as important, and um, clearly that there's the, also that, that analogy you used of, of managing the moving pieces. I think that's so true as we address the proliferation of devices at the edge, and I'd say, you know what, as, as CISOs, we're rolling up our sleeves to work on that dynamic challenge for sure. Now, Courtney, what new developments have you seen for securing the endpoint in retail? Yeah, you know, as, as I said earlier, there was a record number of breaches reported last year. 
in 61% of all of those breaches, they, they occurred via either web application exploits, POS attacks, or the use of crimeware. And I, I guess it's, it's you know, what's, what's new is old, what's old is new. Retail has always been a prime target for attacks. The data that they have to collect to drive their experiences is lucrative, and there's a lot of it, and that's only going to continue to increase as, as digital transformation, um, you know, continues at a rapid pace. With these, you know, transformations, it's driven a much higher adoption of cloud services as well. This has been going on for the last several years, but has, has really been expedited recently. And uh, it's probably no surprise then that web apps, web applications are now the main attack vector, having leapfrog POS for that coveted number one spot. That said, uh, retailers that, that aren't over that hump, that haven't moved fully to digital transformation, are still at risk from POS attacks. They're still very prevalent, but that's not necessarily their end goal anymore. That's not the crown jewels. Um, as crimeware has increased in both quantity and quality, uh, this has led to the threat actors having greater ability to disrupt business operations and cause financial impact via ransomware um, or use endpoints such as the POS to gain a foothold, to make it to that new location of the crown jewel, which is now the clouds. So, you know, none of that is new, but I think what is kind of new is the speed at which businesses have to react, but it's also the ability to spot, you know, the anomalous long-lived threats in the environment. You have to look at it from both sides, especially now that we've seen, uh, you know, many of these attacks in the news on trusted software companies or, or trusted software compromise. Now, the, the what or the hoopers say, but, but how long and how far did they get without noticing is probably more important now. So I think really the ability to predict, prevent, detect, and respond in near real time in an automated fashion is, is pretty much necessary to keep up with today's advanced threats. Speed is key. Speed is the key to you know, breaking the kill chain. And I think that's, that's kind of new. We've never had to go this fast before and it's becoming uh, you know, common to have to today. You know, I, I couldn't agree more. You know, we think about the digital value chain and we have to understand that the absolute necessity of, of having our game face on, if you will, and being able to accomplish uh, the defense of our infrastructure at the speed of business, ne never more important. And obviously adversaries continue to show that penchant to disrupt and take advantage of, of all of what's going on in a very dynamic world. You know, let's pivot a bit and, and explore how critical is an overall platform approach when it comes to securing the growing number of endpoints? Yeah, we, we touched on it today, and, and we, we talk about all the time that the perimeter is now everywhere, and it, it definitely looks different than it just 18 months ago. It, it looks different than it did six months ago. The, the only way to truly protect your users' devices and data is to seamlessly weave security into network functionality, as, as we call it internally, right? As we call it, it's the security-driven networking. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say this is something that you probably already know, Rick. T today, for no matter the technology, no matter the dollars, no matter the time right, that you spend on trying to protect yourself, over time and scale, 100% you know, prevention of cyber threats is simply not possible. So the, the predict and preventive EDR is absolutely critical. But the detect and respond are, are equally critical. right? They're equally important. As we said, in the event of an incident, time is finite not just stopping the kill chain, but reducing the cost of cyber threats, minimizing the time spent on incident response and returning back to normal. None of this matters though, if, if, if endpoint protect, you know, protection is still stuck in the stone age, meaning it's all manual, built only for breach response and has limited integrations and automated functionality. If it isn't enriching, or being enriched by your other technology investments, then it's, then it's simply falling short and, and really not giving you true uh, ROI 
on your investment. And, I, and that's why I think, you know, as we talk about it, the platform is so important. It, it's not one piece. It's every piece coming together in tandem to truly protect your environment. You know, it's interesting, Courtney, I hear you characterizing a, a continuous trust assessment, if you will. You know, when we adopt frameworks, we think about all of those components and, and you allude to the fact that it's just as important, right, to pay attention to your response and recovery aspects of, of being completely on top of, of the game and, and protecting, um, in this particular case, point of sale and retail. So get it completely. And we see a lot of those same kinds of challenges in operational technology. What gaps or needs have other CISOs discussed with you when it comes to securing endpoints today? And how real are these concerns given the threat landscape today? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting conversation that you have, you know, behind the behind the walls of Chatham House rules. I think the the the, you know, conveying concerns are how do I know that my, you know, that my endpoint solution is actually working and how do I recover? Right? How do I recover from something that's happening? So how do I know it's working? Well, we know that a lot of solutions today aren't working, right? Unfortunately, many organizations still find out that they've been compromised by the card brands, the customer, law enforcement, or you know, with ransomware, they, they, they hear from the brazen threat actor themselves that they've been compromised. So it's really, you know, not all the EDRs created equally. If an EDR solution doesn't have that robust automation, doesn't allow for that rich telemetry and data integration and sharing information and doesn't attack issues in real time, then I can tell you now it probably isn't worth deploying it in the environment. I, I know I wouldn't have when I was in retail as it just creates big unnecessary risks for the environment. And the second one is really the ability to recover. Many EDR solutions, as we said, they provide a lot of data to help teams identify issues that have happened or, or maybe in flight or they inundate them because they have no integrations. Some have integrations built in and possibly automation, but few have that entire platform to leverage to reduce the time spent on IR activities. Fewer still have the ability to help orgs actually recover, which I think is often overlooked. And that's kind of what sets us apart, I'd say, is we, we have the patented ability to automatically respond and the ability to recover while maintaining business operations. This, this is really important to know because in, in the event of an incident, not only is you know, important forensic information often lost with the approach many solutions take, but the business is often severely impacted. Operations are impacted. We've all heard, pull the plug. It's been the approach many have taken because they didn't have a better way to do it. They didn't have a more elegant way. Wouldn't it be nicer to recover while maintaining business and maintaining chain of custody on forensic data. That'd be great, right? So that's kind of what our solution provides. And you, and you ask, how real are these concerns? Well, with, with the, the problem being is many organizations have found themselves with a wide array of tools, services, point products to kind of combat the problem. But that just in reality creates a bigger problem down the road. True security effectiveness comes from the ability to respond to threats consistently and quickly every time. And if I go back to, to, to not equating compliance to security, it's, it's a good thing that's you know, not used as an indicator of how well retailers are doing because uh, less than 30% of retailers actually maintain compliance from test cycle to test cycle, according to Verizon. If that was the bar that was set, it's likely not even being met. And we hear every day that uh, ransomware, attacks, malware, crimeware are all becoming more costly every day. So I would say it couldn't be more real. It, it's just how are we measuring how real it is that may have changed. Wow, a terrific set of points. And I, I took two things away from that, this idea of you know, confidence through resilience and, and across that transom of, of the surface we're protecting. 
Hey, you know, let's think about Courtney Radke as trusted counsel. How would you advise your peers when it comes to securing the evolution of IoT devices and 5G going forward? I would say, Rick, we just have to embrace it, right? If, if you haven't heard, uh, there were over 30 billion IoT devices estimated to be online in 2020 and 42 billion expected by 2025. This is only furthered by 5G, which we know now is just coming in at its own, right? It's a train ready to go off the tracks and will continue to expand exponentially over the next five years. You know, due to the IoT evolution, the vast majority of devices going into retail locations are not owned by the retailer. And 99% of the data generated inside these locations by IoT devices doesn't remain behind those four walls. This means businesses not only need robust and secure connectivity, such as secure SD-WAN to support this influx, but also greater visibility, control, and security of endpoints, which may either be a point of compromise or, as we you know, talked about earlier, used to jump to your other critical systems. Coming from retail, restaurants in particular, I saw firsthand you know, just how quickly IoT was gaining a foothold, from connected fridges to monitored grease traps to order ahead to, to tablets to drive-through technologies, all of these things to support the customer experience. It was gaining a foothold and it will never stop. We're gonna to continue to see more of this coming into the environment. So with this rapid expansion of devices to new and existing business models to support customer demands, as well as the ever-present POS attacks aimed at you know, gaining access to your network, businesses need to ensure that their endpoints have the highest level of protection available. But they also need to ensure their investment doesn't unnecessarily impact business function or cause undue strain on already strained teams. Integrating this now, Ensuring this is deployed as part of a platform today will save time, money, and headaches in the future. I think the you know, last 18 months have, have done nothing but highlight the need for greater endpoint security. I think everybody thought that it was kind of a, do we still need it anymore? I think we do. I think we absolutely do, and now more than ever. Wow. Thank, thank you so much for that, Council. Great words. Uh, inspiring if you're focusing on, on the, the solutions and what has to be accomplished to protect critical infrastructure and assets that are relied on for retail. Hey, thanks for joining us for this episode of Take 5. And I invite you to visit our website, www.fortinet.com forward slash retail for more information on securing retail. In our next episode, we will cover endpoint security for healthcare. The Take 5 podcast is brought to you by Fortinet, securing your digital innovation across the entire digital infrastructure, whether in networked, application, multi-cloud, or edge environment.